Welcome to another episode of the Hoffcast. This is episode 104. <laughs> Still skipping episode 100 for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, it is for June 17th, 2022. It is a Friday. It's a good Friday. And then we normally get these off on Wednesdays. But uh, uh, I'm here. It's early in the morning and I got. I still have my uh, bed head going on. <laughs> is that what you call it still? Bedhead, um, yeah, and I thought Nick, you could put on a hat, but then I was like, ah, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We're filming this one, uh, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? That's what they say about radio. That's why you don't ever get dressed up. I do early morning radio when you do comedy clubs. You don't ever get dressed up, right? You just roll out. First of all, it's ugly early when you have to do it. I don't know who came up with this idea that comedians. To promote your show. People that work at night, they function best in the evening. And then all of a sudden we're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ha- we're gonna wake you up at 5.30 in the morning. And we're going to get you going. <laughs> we're going to get you over there. Can, you, can your brain fire on all cylinders at 5.30 in the morning uh, with one sip of coffee? Can you do that? And the saving grace is that it is radio. And you get in there. These guys have been up since 4.00. And they are highly caffeinated. Have you ever listened to a morning show where the guys are just laughing crazily? Like like almost to an insane level. Where you're like, what, what are you doing? Why, why are you laughing that much? What is going on in your life that you have this much joy at a regular news story? And then you're like, oh, he's had seven cups of coffee. This is how he survives the day. And uh, meanwhile, the comic gets like wheeled in there, <laughs> just like somebody's just pushing him through the door, like, go sell tickets. And you get in there and you go, OK, uh, hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, yeah, come see me at the funny boat. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind doing it once you get there. Because it's usually fun once you get there. But getting up, you're like, I hate everyone. I hope nobody comes to my show. Uh, this one happens. We work nights. And um, so anyway, I didn't I didn't do anything with my hair. I didn't put on a hat because it didn't matter. And then I was like, you know what, Hoff, you should film this. You should film it. You got to got to get stuff up. Got, first of all, trying like a madman to build my uh, my YouTube channel. So if you're not already subscribed, I don't know what else to tell you. I've, I've posted about it 7200 times on social media. I, I say it every week on the podcast. Just do it. Just do it so I can stop saying it. Once we get to a certain threshold, I will just stop saying it, and it will uh, hopefully grow on its own accord. Because I've got the special coming out July 15th. The special will be coming out, so less than a month now. And um, and there's lots of stuff from that. There's like behind the scenes. They got some like stuff that got, got cut out of the special. I think it's still good. I think it's still funny. Great jokes. Uh, but some of the stuff got cut out of the special because just you can't have an hour and a half long special. Nobody's going to sit there and watch that. Um, it also, I wonder if it's too long as it is. It's an hour and eight minutes or something like that. I wonder if that's, if that's uh, people look at that over the hour mark. I don't know if people have that threshold for stand-up comedy anymore. Like barely a movie. Right? When was the last time 
you watched a movie in like one setting. When when Sarah and I sit down to watch a movie, like even if it's a planned movie, it usually takes us at least two nights to get through it. Like we'll put it on, something will happen, a kid will wake up and we got to go deal with that. Or we'll just be like, I'm tired. Should we finish this tomorrow? It's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, I think we've watched movies in four day spurts. I think, I think there's been a couple movies out there where you were like, this one took us four days to get through. Holy crap. But that's just what happens. You have kids and, and uh, you, you don't have the energy that you once had. All your energy is poured into them and they say, why won't you do this with me? It's like, because you've taken my life from me. That is why. And you learn to say no and it feels bad the first couple times you say no to your kid. They're like, will you go play catch with me? And I always said yes. Always, yeah. One day, you know, cat in the cradle. One day you're not going to want to play catch with me. So I'm going to seize this opportunity and then you look at your career and you go, oh, crap, I was supposed to do all these things that were on the to-do list. I've done almost none of them. Let me. Uh, and so now he comes in like the other day he wanted to play Monopoly, my oldest one, came in and is so cute. He's like, Dad, will you play Monopoly with me? And my heart was like, yes, go play Monopoly with him. And my brain was like, that is a three-hour commitment. It's 10 a.m. It's 10 a.m. You're supposed to be doing things. You've got a few deadlines. You're going to commit to a three-hour game, which will end. It's Not only is it a three-hour game, it will end in tears. It, it will 100% end with him like, you're cheating, or I hate this game, I hate you, What's why'd you get free parking, I wanted the free parking, I spent all my life in jail, here I am, I landed on boardwalk, you had two hotels on that, like, by the way, I realized as I said that you can't have two hotels, so I get it, okay, I'm not cheating, I'm not putting two hotels on boardwalk, but you get the idea. The kid is going to end up crying when he inevitably loses, and now I've spent three hours with a person who now hates me. So, anyway, I, I, normally I would love to, but I was like, I've, I've got things to do, buddy. I just have to work. Um, go see if one of your, your brother or sister will play with you. Ah, oh, they don't know how to play. Well, teach them. Teach. Teach them and make them a good play buddy. This is what I try and instill. I'm like, listen, they may not know, but if you teach them, how fun would that be? That's why I taught you. Because one day I thought, boy, won't this be fun to play basketball with my kid? Like right now, it sucks. First couple times, I look at him in the eye. I go, the first couple times I played basketball with you, you were garbage. You were garbage. You're still garbage. I don't say that. But <laughs> but you were garbage. You think that was fun for me to sit there and just like hold the ball for you and lift you up and, and tilt your head back over because your neck wasn't supporting it. And you go, here you go. Oh, you slap dunked it. And I pretended like I was impressed. I wasn't impressed. I did all that. I slam dunked it with your body. I used your body to slam dunk the ball and then I gave you the credit. You think that was fun for me? It wasn't fun for me. So go teach your brother and sister how to play, and maybe that'll be fun one day, or you'll understand what it's like to be me and how frustrating it is when a kid can't do something right. <laughs> I didn't say all that, but that, that was the gist. That was the gist of what I was saying to him. Uh, so I, I didn't end up playing with him, and I could hear him over in the next one. And, oh, I could tell. 
like you hear the things that are happening and you go like uh the one wasn't buying any properties the younger one wasn't buying any properties and the older one was just gobbling everything up and the young one's like I'm flush with cash, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, this will end poorly. This is not the the version of the game. I was like, buy properties, buddy. And he's like, nope, saving my money. I was like, they will get you. <laughs> they will get you. Um, and that's the way that real life works, too. If you don't invest your money, eventually you just uh, have no money, I think. And inflation's at an all-time high. I, I don't really understand why they, how they can measure inflation except for with the price of things and you go well somebody's doing that that's not necessarily inflation that's just some guy at 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 the meat department you know over there at big at big meat whatever you call it uh they're like you know what raise the price of a steak two dollars a pound let's do that um oh speaking of steak oof, uh steak and uh, uh amongst other things last night um my family and I, we got invited out to Korean barbecue by uh, our friends here in town. And normally, normally uh, kids love Korean barbecue and uh, are excited to go because you go somewhere in Koreatown and they, they you order the meat. There's like, they've got like 30 different meats there and you can get, it's usually all you can eat and you they bring it to you raw and you cook it right there at the table. Kids love that. Like, let me get the tongs. Let me cook my own food. This is fun. Um, and but, but our friends were picking the place, and we're like, you know what? They're like, are we going to this place? I was like, you know what? We're going to go where they have invited us to, and we're going to have fun. We're gonna, it's going to be an adventure. And I knew it was going to be an adventure, not only for them, but for me, uh, because we went to a place that specialized in intestines. And uh, that's not something that uh, old Nikoff is used to eating. So uh, <laughs> I was like, okay. And I called him when they suggested the place. And I looked it up. I called him. And I was like, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, you want to go? <laughs> you want to go to this place that serves intestine? They're like, it's so good. Don't knock it till you try it. I was like, oh, I knock plenty of things that I don't try. That That saying to me does not hold any water. Don't knock it till you try it. Do you know how many things that I don't have to try that I will still knock? I will, I'll ring the bell. I'll ring the bell before I try it. I know this is not something that I'm going to enjoy. I know this is something that my idiot brain can't overturn. I can't get over this hill. But I was like, all right, no, we're going to, we'll do it. We'll have fun. And so we went, um, and by the way, these friends, too good of friends for us. You have anybody in your life like that where you're, uh, you, you like, you try and do things nice for them. You try and invite them place. You try and then, and, and maybe you do, maybe, maybe you do like, oh, here, here, we got you a gift. And then they get you 12 gifts as a result. And you're like, no, 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 you don't get to take the lead. Like I'm trying to play keep up here. Like, they're so nice. They're always, like, bringing over food. Like, when we first had our kids, they're always bringing over food. You're like, okay, thank you. That's very sweet. And then you try and do something nice for them. Like, I, I remember we went over to their house one time for a play date, and uh, I brought we, we brought them, like, this nice food. And, and then, like, on the way out the door, they handed us, like, this gift bag <laughs> full of nicer stuff. You're like, hey, hey, let us be... 
reasonable friends. We're, I know we can't win. What's that Seinfeld line? I, know, I, know, I can't win. I'm just trying to keep up. Um, beautiful friends. Amazing friends. They invited us out. So we're like, we'll go have an adventure. And right away, I was like, I'm not eating the intestine. You guys can order it. Don't. I'm not going to look at it. Don't expect me to eat it. But the, right away, as soon as I get there, they're pouring me drinks. They're pouring me the soju, which is like a, the like a Korean um, sake, and um, and they're pouring me beer, and they're having me drink this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, nice try. <laughs> it's gonna take a lot of this stuff to get me to go down that hill. Um, and so we start eating, and everything's delicious. Everything's amazing. The kids are having fun, and then. And at first, they start out with the regular meats. They start out with, like, the the brisket and the steak and the pork. And you go, okay, no, we've worked our way down. We've gone from, uh, like, a steak to brisket to pork. It just keeps, you know, trucking down this hill. What's next on that line? And then you could tell when they brought it out. You could see it. And, by the way, our friends are, um, you know, they're of Asian descent. They are... Uh, <laughs> and they're and they're real they're actually asian you know they're not this they're americanized but they you know they they still hold on to their culture so they this is something that's not shocking to them this is something they prefer they want to go eat that stuff i feel like i've seen them in pictures and heard them talk about going to a restaurant where they were eating live shrimp like like snatching it out of the water with uh, with chopsticks like whoo, like Miyagi style and and eating the shrimp and you're just like okay this um and listen I understand the cultural differences okay there are certain things that we eat here in America that other cultures are like that's disgusting what are you doing um and there are things that they eat where Americans are like what the heck is that why are you eating bugs and I understand that I get it um and I'm sure, by the way, I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure places would eat bugs. It's like you don't even notice it. They season it well. You know, it's weird that we eat cow. I used to have a joke about that. It's weird that we eat cow. Like something that you see walking around on four legs, you say, that looks delicious. Because it doesn't. That looks like a cow. And it smells. It's waddling in poop. This pig. Bacon is amazing. Yet it comes from a disgusting, muddy, like turd of a creature and and we eat that so listen i i understand it i'm sure it's delicious it's just not something that i like have the mental brain space to get over it's the reason this was part of the joke by the way uh didn't really work on stage it was okay uh but it was like that's there's a reason we call it hamburger and not a cow sandwich okay because people can't get over that mental hump of the fact that they're eating a bovine that was just standing over there. Like if, if you were hungry and I gave you a gun and a cow and I said, there you go, bon appetit, the average person would not be able to eat. They'd say, no, you, you, got, you got a place where I can like wrestle up a potato. Um, but there's a separation there. It's the same logic that holds true for Vegas. When you go, you don't gamble with your cash, Right. You don't take your cash and put it on the table. No, you got to exchange it for chips. That way, your brain doesn't really understand the correlation. Like, yes, you can say this is a $20 chip, this is a $5 chip. I understand that. But there's still a separation there, and that's why they do that. They, they want you to have the chips, and then maybe you lose a chip. And boy, oh boy, they got your cash, don't they? That chip costs 12 cents. 
and yet they took your $100. Um, but this is the same that that uh, holds true for that. But anyway, so we go out to eat, and I, I'm kind of – I don't want to tell the kids what's going on, but I also want to prep them for like, hey, we're not going to be – we're not going to get – wrongly weird about this okay this is an adventure that's the way i painted it and I'm, by the way i'm st- as i'm trying to like prepare them i'm also trying to talk myself into the fact that this is what we're going to do uh so we go and now now we've eaten the regular stuff and now i can see the different tray it's a different shape tray it's got meats that i do not understand <laughs> i'm looking at it trying to determine what the hell that is and i know I know this place serves intestine. I know that's what they're going to want to do. And uh, and they bring it, and I can tell right away, that's not meat I've ever eaten. Whatever the hell that is, and some of it looks like, um, some of it looks like mushrooms, <laughs> which is not a selling point. And then some of it looks like, um, some of it just looks like sausage. It looks like a hot dog, okay? And that's not a stretch, okay? Like hot dogs are sometimes wrapped in intestinal casing, and you go... As long as I don't know, then that's fine. Like, ignorance is bliss. Like, if you sat in there and you watched the guy making your cheeseburger at McDonald's or Burger King, um, you know, if you watched him in there for like a half an hour, you might be like, ah, well, he scratched his face or he picked his nose or something. Like, I'm not eating that. But because you were on the outside of the building just driving around and (laughs) your slovingly lazy ass was like, just give me the food. I don't want to have to look at you, but just give it to me. And you ate it. You had no idea if that patty was dropped on the ground. Probably was. Probably was. What the hell do they care? They don't know who you are. So they just get it up, just blow on it, which is not (laughs) something that you want either. You don't want them blowing on your hamburger patty. You're a cow sandwich. Um, So, you know, ignorance is bliss. And but I know what it is in this case. Had they not told me, had I not looked it up, I might have been like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Oh, this is uh, you know, this is this is just cow or pig or whatever it is." I may have said, or they, had they said the sausage, which is kind of what it was. I mean, it was like packed with fat. Essentially, it was like a it was like a fatty sausage. And I looked at it, and Sarah right away is eating it, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You're gross." <laughs> that's not shocking to me um and uh i haven't had enough to drink yet and i'm protecting the kids from what's going on down here meanwhile their entire family's eating it they're snarfing it down they're like this is what we came here for no judgment no judgment but i'm just not ready to get over that but knowing in the back of my head this this may happen knowing in the back of my head eventually they're going to look at me and i'm not going to be able to hold back and i'm just going to eat it uh, just to shut them up, essentially. And we get we get most of the way through the meal. I'm pretty full, and I, I you know I've had enough to drink where the 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 the, uh, the fence is down. And I go, ah, all right. The guy th- Nikki threw one one uh, one piece on my plate, and it looked like a fatty sausage. That's what it looked like. Okay, it looked like a well cooked sausage, and it was just like a cut piece. It was like a little beanie weenie. It was like. Uh, you know, like a half an inch um, little circular hot dog piece. It looks like somebody cut the end off of a hot dog and handed it to me. And and so finally I like, I grab it 
and I sit there and I get over myself. I got one, I got a beer in one hand and the little piece of sausage in the other. And I just finally, I'm like, all right, fine, screw it. And I put it in my mouth and right away, right away, I can tell this tastes good. (laughs) Okay. Like I'll admit that. And I knew it was probably going to. You know, I knew it was going to taste good. It tasted good. I mean, it was a little chewy, a little fatty, uh, but so the texture was a little bit off-putting, but the uh, but the flavor was good. But I'm I'm not going to like sit there and order more. Like this is I came here for an adventure. This is my adventure. I had it. I ate it. I swallowed, and then I uh, drank the rest of my beer, and hopefully, you know, chase that with whatever. By the way, so so it was good. It was good. I will say that if given the opportunity to eat some, take my word, Hoff recommends it's not bad. It was pretty tasty. I didn't eat the rest of the stuff. And even even uh, I, our friend, was like, uh, the, the, the small intestines, they, 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 those are a little gamey. Which <laughs> is not something that you want to hear about intestines is that they're gamey, quote unquote. Um so I didn't try that. I didn't try the, uh, they had beef tartare, which is raw beef. And you go, eh. And they go, what's the difference? We've, we've had sushi together. First of all, it took me years to get over the sushi hump. Okay. That took me years because when I first moved out to California, I was not eating sushi. I was like, why are we taking an evolutionary step backwards when we could cook that fish? We've, I'll eat cooked fish. Can you cook it? Then I'll eat it. The exact same piece of meat. You cook it. I will eat it. Yet instead, you're like saying, let's take a step out of this. Let's take our advancements as humans and let's take a step back. And they even said this last night. They go, you think a lion cooks their meat on the Serengeti? And I'm like, no, but we are above lion. We figured out how to do it. Like, Like hundreds of years ago, we slept in caves. But yet now we have... Homes with central AC, we found a better way. Why do we have to go back in time and do this? And I think that argument held water, but I was like, I'm not going to eat the beef tartare. And they're like, well, it's actually better for you. Well, actually, it's not. Okay, here's the bottom line according to Google. I already I pre-Googled it for you because uh, I was like, is it really better? Uh, I said, is raw steak better for you? And here's the bottom line. Uh, according to 104 million results in 0.68 seconds on Google. Uh, the bottom line, raw foods of animal origin, such as beef, are most like, are the most likely to be contaminated with illness-causing bacteria. Therefore, health authorities advise against consuming raw beef and other meats. Okay? So I take that to include sushi. Like, you're more likely to get sick eating this crap raw now, sushi restaurants, you know, they get high-grade fish, and they, they know what they're doing. I assume. I assume they know what they're doing. I don't know. There might be a guy back there just being like, I don't know. Well, I got this at Costco, so here we go. Um, but raw beef, I wasn't ready to cross that line. I mean, we've got the grills right there at the table, okay? They've cooked the meat all night. They've cooked the meat right in front of us, and and, and my kids tried to get in there early, and they're like, no, 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 that one's not ready. Okay. Oh, you mean the one that's been on the grill for five minutes isn't quite ready to be eaten because it's undercooked? Yet here you bring raw meat to the table? What is this? Some kind of like crazy game you're playing of which meat do you put in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. So uh, they ate some. 
the one stuff was good. My uh, middle kid and youngest kid ate the uh, ate the anus, ate the, <laughs> ate the uh, intestine. They were adventurous. They liked it. It tastes good. And I don't think they really quite knew 100% what it was. Um, but anyway, it was an adventure. It was something. I, you know what? I thought of you guys. I thought of the Hoffcast uh, pod when we were getting ready to go. Because I, I, my instinct was to be like, hey, can we go here instead? We're used to this level of Asian. I, I, I'm not ready to go full Asian on here. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Do it. Do it for the uh, the podcast uh, listeners so that I've got uh, something interesting to say to them. Um, so we did that. That was fun. And, uh, oh, we um, we had a bunch of friends over at, uh, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be as specific as I can with this story, but also a little bit vague because uh, something weird happened at the end of the night. So we went... Uh, we went to a uh, uh, like a beach setting to hang out with some friends, and and they're at this beach setting, there are a couple of uh, oh, I'm gonna give it away. Uh, there were fire pits, and you could go there and you could have a bonfire and cook hot dogs, <laughs> intestine maybe. That's that's what they said to me too. Um, and you could have s'mores, and the kids could play beach games and stuff like that and have fun. So we did that. And uh, but it, it was a pain in the butt because this place is very popular right now, and and you had to get there early to reserve your fire pit, and people wanted the fire pit. So we're sitting there. We've been there for a couple hours. We're getting ready to leave, and there are groups loitering around, um, kind of like waiting to see. They can tell we're sort of packing up. People in our group are leaving, and um, and my wife and mother in law are there, and they're like packing up and i'm i'm taking trips to the car by the way the parking was a nightmare so this lot that you had to pay to get in wasn't in and out so they're like you can't once you come in if you leave you can't come back in like without paying again we were back and forth because we had so much stuff i would have had to pay four different times into this lot so after the first time i was like i'm not paying again i'm going to pull up right here and i'm going to walk the crap down (laughs) like coolers and tables and chairs i like so worth $13 to get down there but out of principle is a principle of the deal. I'm not going to sit there and continue to pay $13 for space I'm not using. Uh so I didn't and I gave the guy a dirty look every time and I I kind of had some choice words for him. I didn't like use any curse words. They're like this is a stupid rule. I'm just dropping off stuff. Can I just drop off stuff and leave? And they're like, "Nope, if you go that way, you have to pay." It was like a little rhyme that they had. If you go that way, you have to pay. And I was like, guys, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you could just say, yeah, go drop. You got two minutes. Don't take a parking space. Go down there and drop your stuff up. But then these are the county rules. You think everything the county says is legit? You think everything the county says is good? Are you really that stupid? This is not, I didn't say that to them, but that's the look I gave them. I gave them, you're going to follow the rule. You don't, you never jaywalk. The county says don't jaywalk. You never jaywalk. You never see that that could be advantageous. Oh, well. These guys are turds. They're idiots. Not paying the $13 for turdly service. And uh, so I had to walk the stuff back and forth. And in the process of doing that at the end of the night, um, my wife had told this family, like this family of 10, uh, that they could have our fire pit when we left. And my mother-in-law had told uh, this guy, this couple, this 
you know, they're probably 45 years old, 50 years old, this couple, that they could have the fire pit. This, I don't know this, because I'm running chairs and tables up to the van. Um, but I come back, and and I see my wife, like, ushering in the family as we're almost packed up. She's like, you guys, you guys can have have our space. And I watch them come over. And uh, and then I I take another load up. And the family all comes up. They all take some stuff. And then I come back. I've got like one last load to come back. And at this point, the sun's gone down. The fires are blazing. Um, and I come back down to grab the last thing. And there's this family that I had seen Sarah say, hey, you guys can have this, sitting around half of the fire pit. And then I see this guy that um, I had seen loitering, but I hadn't said anything to him. And I didn't know that my mother-in-law had told that guy that they could have the fire pit. But I see him standing there giving this family a hard time. And they got, you know, like grandparents there. They've got like some little kids. And this guy's giving them a hard time. He's not like cussing them out, but he's kind of giving them the, the you should feel bad about what you've done. You should feel bad, okay? And this is what he said as I walked up. because you guys ruined what could have been a very significant night. And I, I walk up, I'm like, I see the table there, but I see this guy hassling this family and I go up and, you know, I've, I've had a few, uh, <laughs> I've had a few beverages. So I, the, you know, the filter's gone and I, I walk up and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he goes, what are you, what are you doing? I'm talking to those, these people. And, uh, these people didn't sit well with old Nick Hoff. And I go, what, 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 why? And he goes, cause I was here first. I go, no, you weren't. They were here first. And he goes, who are you? And I go, I'm the guy that was here before. And he goes, well, get the hell out of here. Oh, he, this is what he said. He said, get the hell out of here, geek. <laughs> Dude looked at me. He's like, get the hell out of here, geek. I'm like, first, <laughs> I couldn't even respond to geek. Like, what What am I, in a movie from the 60s? What? <laughs> what's going on right now? Like, is that what you're saying, a butthead? Like, what is going on? And so I just go, no, no, they were here first and we told them they could, they could be here. So you can, they can sit on this side and you can sit on this side. You guys could share the fire pit. Otherwise, you know, you can get out of here. And he goes, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm not going to let you bully these people. Like, get out of here. Okay. You can either sit here or you can leave, but whatever you do, (laughs) so I said to him, I said, whatever you do, have a significant night as he was walking away. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was so funny that he used the word significant that you've ruined what could have possibly been a very significant night. Now, looking back, I feel a little bit bad because I didn't know that my mother-in-law had told this guy that he could have it. So he's obviously disappointed, felt like he was lied to. And now some ding dongs coming that keeps walking up and down the hills now coming back, hassling him. Uh, but, you know, also don't hassle people with a family and old kids that are sitting there you know around the fire having a nice night share it say hey do you mind if we sit over here there are just two of us there's 10 of you do you mind if we like sit over here and sit by the fire so we can talk and have a significant night um you know but the way he was talking to him i just was like that just sat wrong with me and i and and so i was like i, I didn't really like get in his face but i i puffed up a little bit like i'm not gonna let you do this and and I was a little bit turdly when I told him to have a significant night. You know, that was a little bit like a sticking in the knife and twisting. So I felt bad doing that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the the 
And by the way, the family of ten, they were you could tell they were uh not originally from this country, so you could tell they like they didn't have the faculty to like come back at this guy. Right? Plus their family, like they're what are they gonna do? Get in a fight with this dude right here? So they were kind of just sitting there taking the verbal lashing. And so I was like, No, I'm not gonna let this happen. And uh the guy walked away and his girl was like, Come on, come on, don't don't do this. Don't do you know, so she knew she knew he was a hothead. So she, like, whatever the significant night was, is ruined. I don't know if he's going to propose that night or what the hell was happening. But definitely it did not go as planned. And then as I was carrying the last part up and, and Sarah had all the stuff out of the car again, I was like, uh, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get shanked. This guy's got a gun in his car and he's leaving. I was kind of I was kind of a little bit of a jerk to him, so I felt bad about that. Um but also he he could have he could have taken the high road as well. He could have he could have just shared it with his family. But he was unwilling to do that. Um so there's that. <laughs> I don't know how to end that story. I, I'm still here. And if that guy's listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did not uh I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know you had been told and when I got back up the car, uh you know, her mother's like, I told him he could. I didn't know. And she's like, I didn't know you told him he could. And I told the family you could. And and so, like, I was kind of I was sort of sticking my nose in something I didn't understand. But I don't think anybody understood it because communication was shot all over the place. The The moral of the story, I thought, was if you if you want a fire pit for a significant night, make sure you get there early like we did. Because we like we I dropped somebody off at 9 a.m. that morning to make sure that we got it. So I feel bad if you're listening, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, in all fairness, you did call me a geek, <laughs> so I, I feel like we're even. Feel like that we're even. That that is something I'll uh, remember for the rest of my life. Um, anyway, uh, oh, I I already sort of did a Hoff recommends, but yeah, uh, in in light of uh, I, I'm reading, which is something I've got like five books sitting on my on my bedside table, and I'm reading one of them. The other four, those are pipe dreams. I'm never going to get to them. Uh, I am reading one of them. I'm reading um, Stephen King's On Writing. Not sure if I've talked about this on the pod already, uh, but it, it's not a Stephen King traditional novel. It's him. Uh, it's him writing about the process of writing, which is cool because I can't handle a Stephen King novel. Okay, I couldn't handle the latest uh, season of Stranger Things. We got partway into episode one, and I was like, "No, I can't do this." Uh, you know, everything that we loved about the show was gone. The like innocence of it, the the you know the uh, extreme eighties feeling, like that was all gone. Now it's just a straight up horror movie. I'm not into that. So we have not watched the recent season of Stranger Things. Just you know, ep- season one's great, and then after that, it kind of it's not as good. Um, no offense to the people that are making them. I hate pe- when people criticize art. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's an audience for that. People like horror movies. I just don't happen to like them. So what I liked about it was gone. Uh, but the Stephen King, it's interesting the, him talking about the writing process. And I thought it was so cool because this this gave me a little bit of inspiration. So he was writing in his early 20s and he was married young. And... Um, and he he was writing these short stories and barely making a living. He was a teacher. He was an English teacher. He was saying he was making like I don't, he was making little money as an English teacher. And on the side, writing these short stories, where he was getting paid like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks per short story, like not much, right? And so he started to write a couple of novels, and one of them 
which I've never seen the movie and I've never read the book, but I'm aware, uh, is Carrie. Um, you know, Carrie, the girl with the blood all over her at like a prom or something like that. Um, that's the classic. I think that's the cover of the movie is uh, maybe I'll put the picture up. And um, and anyway, so he was writing this and he like had this image of, you know, a, a female uh, journey in high school and what was going on. I think because he had like he was teaching high schoolers. So I think like some of that slipped in and he wrote like the first four pages of Carrie. And then he's like, I can't write for girls. I don't know what's going on. I've never, I was never a high school girl. I don't know what's, what this says. He crumples up the paper and he throws it away and he forgets about it. And a couple days later, his wife comes to him and she's got the crumpled up pages. She's got the first four pages of Carrie in her hand. And she goes, hey, don't throw this away. You have something here. There's something good about this. And he goes, I can't write for girls. She's like, I'll help you. You you're already on a good track. You're just missing a few things. This is good. And so then from that, from his wife pulling it out of the trash, this is before computers. Like there was no file. There was no carry file. There was nothing that like was going to preserve that. He crumpled it up, thrown it away. She grabs the papers, reads it. By the way, who digs something out of the trash and then reads it like most people would be like, that's trash. I'm not I'm not going to go in there. Obviously, it's not worth anything. But his wife saw it in there, said, what's he been doing all day <laughs> and read it and, and then had the fortitude to be like, no, keep up with this. Like so valuable to have somebody believe in you in your life. And here you go and keep working on it. He finished the book. And he gave it to the publisher who published it, and they thought, you know, you know, he thought maybe his cut of it would be like $3,000. And then his first cut of it of like the paperback run or whatever the big payday was that he had no idea was coming. He didn't have a cell phone. He had like a landline. And he got a call from the guy, his publisher, who he thought was like going to say, oh, you get $2,000 or something. And the publisher goes, are you sitting down? He goes, uh, I can. And he goes, we uh, just got the order for Carrie, and your cut of it is $400,000. And, I mean, it was he's blown away, changed his life. All of a sudden now they have lots of money. They were living in an apartment, and all of a sudden now they have lots of money for that time. This is like the 70s or something. And, and now he's got all this confidence, and he's built up a name. Um, and it all was in the trash. At one point... It was all just sprinkled into the trash can. It took somebody digging that out, opening it up, reading it, and believing in it. And I think, wow, that's so cool. So the book is kind of peppered with a lot of those things. If you if you have any interest in the writing process or if you're a Stephen King fan, I highly recommend his book called On Writing. Um, you know, because it's just the power of a person in your corner. I thought that was so cool. And there's a lot of cool little tidbits in there. Highly recommend it. Don't think twice. Anyway, um, I, I'm getting long-winded here, and I feel like uh, I, I, we're leaving this week for the summer tour. Got lots of tour dates on my calendar. If you haven't, check out nickhoff.com. I'm going to be in Des Moines and Omaha with Ryan Sickler, very funny dude. And then I'm going to be doing a show in North Platte. If you're in North Platte, Nebraska, for the love of God, get tickets. We're going up against 4th of July weekend. We're the little engine that could. I need, I need people to get out to that one. 
then I'm going to be in Louisville, Kentucky at um, at the, 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 the Laughing Derby. What's it called? The Caravan Comedy Club. It uh, used to be called the Laughing Dirty. Caravan Comedy Club, uh, uh, July 7th to 9th. Then I'm going to be in Indiana and Michigan. And uh, so get check out all those tickets. Uh, NickHuff.com. Oh, Spokane, Washington, October 9th. I, I'm going to be headlining the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, those tickets should be available soon. So I'll keep you posted on that. Anyway, subscribe to my YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you know, Give it a five-star rating, a review if you can. All that stuff helps. I'm trying to put a lot out there, so get on there. Uh, I'm developing a Patreon. If that's something you're into, you want more content, uh, you know, kind of behind-the-scenes type stuff that you don't just normally put out there. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Whatever you're doing, make sure to Doom Doom Bip. Enjoy your life, you guys. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.